Well, a spooky hello. <laughs> a spooky hello, hello. to you, Marin. <laughs> Welcome, everybody. How are you? Happy Mentorship hey. Monday and the day before Halloween for everyone. Yes. Halloween ween. Yes. I'm very excited about today's episode. I think that it's going to be a really good one. Yeah. Yeah. I, I agree. Marin and I have some um some interesting stories and and if it, this is your first time here welcome to mentorship mondays with michelle and marin we are here every monday at 7 p.m eastern time this is a pre-recorded video eventually we will do lives we talk about it all the time but today we're just so glad that you're here and marin and i have um some stories to share we want to honor halloween because well and most of you listen on Halloween on Tuesdays. So most of you will be listening on Halloween. True. So extra true. True. So happy yeah. Halloween. I hope you guys are dressing up. Yeah. I'm having are some fun up? because oh, absolutely. I'm actually this year mm -hmm. um I'm allowing my daughter, one of my daughters, to she wants to do me up as a fairy witch or something. She's very creative. So she's wants to do my makeup and all kinds of stuff. So I told her to go to town. She's planning it all. So I, I have no planning. That's I'm letting, so putting it all in her hands and allowing her to do yeah. it. So yes, we go all out for Halloween here. We always have, my husband and I, I remember the first year we were married or no, it was right before we were married. We, f we threw a great big Halloween party in our house. we like had every room decorated as a different type of room and had black lights through the whole house. It was so much fun. But um, we don't do those things anymore. We just don't seem to have the time or the energy <laughs> to do that kind of stuff anymore. But we do decorate outside and everything. So, yeah, it's always fun around here. I'm sure it is with you, with your kids and everything, too. Yeah, I don't dress up. I, I feel no? like I get um, so I, every year I want to. And then mm -hmm. we get so caught up in like getting the boys costumes. And then it's like the yeah. night before. And I'm like, what do I dress up as? And then there's like nothing left at the costume store and, you know, and so I don't do it. So I, I, I'm going to a Halloween party tonight and it was like costumes strongly encouraged, but it's for the kids. So all the kids are dressing up and I'm like, I need to get something. So you have know. to think of something. You have to think of something. Mm -hmm. Let Eric help bring something to you. I'm sure he could think of something for you. <laughs> You know what Marcus yes. is going to be? I got to tell you, Marcus, Marcus, and this was all on him. He decided this. Um, well, I should say his sister was flipping through some costume ideas and he spotted this and was completely focused on it. Marcus is going to be a gigantic whoopee cushion. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. And he is so excited about it. And he's got um, at school, he has an EA right who just adores him and he adores her like they're very very good together we're so grateful for her um but she's dressing up as a fart <laughs> <laughs> yeah so There's they like to do things more. in pairs yeah she does it all yes. the time one year one year i can't remember what it was that they dressed up for but um she got all everything together and she was um from the movie um twins danny devito and um oh, yes, Arnold Schwarzenegger. Yes. So mm -hmm. that's who they dressed up as. So Marky was Danny DeVito and she was Arnold Schwarzenegger and they wore matching shirts with sunglasses and the tan pants. Hilarious. It was so oh, funny. My gosh. So funny. That yeah. is hilarious. Yeah, she's pretty awesome. She's really good. Saw, so um sorry. Go ahead. <laughs> no, you're fine. I was gonna say I saw something on Instagram that was like dress like your spouse party. That would be pretty funny. And now easy, that would be but, funny. That would I have be to funny. Have, I have to have a spouse that's in on that. And I don't know if I'm yeah. going yeah. to to dress with me. Yeah. But, but anyways, so we'll see. I was so. just going to say, Rob wanted to dress up as Dog the Bounty Hunter. And at the time, his <gasps> wife, Beth, he's, he wanted to do that couple's costume so bad a long time ago. We never did it, but we probably should have. It would have been pretty funny. That anyway. would have been awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe I can get him to do some kind of couple. See, then I see, then I start to go too big and I just we keep it simple, <laughs> move on. Yeah. Anyways, how was your week? It was 
really good. It was really, really good. We had, um, it was a busy week, but um, what's been really nice is energetically, I have felt good and very creative, but grounded. So like when we were talking before, like a lot of that energy when it gets in the upper chakras and it can feel like, yeah, it's good. It's great, but you can't get anything done in that energy. So I've felt like I've had a lot of um, creative ideas, a lot of things flowing, able to get done what I need to get done. And I'm just really good. Just feels like a good energy. And of course, in honor of Halloween, my daughter and I booked a tour here in town. And it was, um, we have a house here in London and it is the oldest house in London. They call it Eldon House. And I think there's one in the UK as well called Eldon House, but it's the oldest house in London. It was built in, um, I believe 1847 was the date and it was, um, the Harris family occupied the house and it actually was in the family until 1959 when the last family member passed away and then they donated the house to the city and it's like full of artifacts and all kinds of like from the victorian era and everything it is an amazing place but at halloween time they open it up for two days and it's always fully booked like to get tickets to go and everything because it's a big mansion with a great big huge property and a lot of history and to get tickets like you need to get them quick or it's going to sell out because the tours are very very small and um they only run so many so anyway we uh we went and we went last night and we had a very good time it was really interesting and shelby and i brought um we had a well, no, these are downloaded apps and like i've said before um we talked about the ghost radar and all of these different apps they're it's energy right so it doesn't matter like that we brought an sls um, SLS app. I'm trying to think what does SLS even stand for? And I don't know. Okay. I can't remember what SLS stands for, but, um, I can hear them laughing upstairs. Sorry. If you hear me pause, they are laughing hysterically upstairs and I didn't shut my door and all I can hear is dog barking and laughing and laughing. Although laughing is fine, but it's a little distracting. But anyway, I'm about to yell, be quiet up there. Um, anyway, so we had the SLS downloaded. We had the ghost radar app. We both had voice recorders to, to be able to pick up EVPs. Um, and there like other people had emf detectors testing for frequency like we weren't the only ones doing well, this like stuff everyone there. Gets yeah into it. yeah there was other Not people doing it too. on the tour but everyone that's right that's right that's right so um anyway our, our we kind of made a night out of it so we went we had dinner downtown and um it was really nice just to be able to hang out with the two of us and then we made our way up to the house and the first thing that we saw with the SLS and, and so with this app and I'm trying to think it's actually called SLS ghost app. Um, yeah, there's like, I'm looking right now. There's several SLS, or, SLS yeah, I think apps. It's ghost tube is the one I'll just double check what the name is. So you guys know, is it this one? Yes. Ghost. Yes. Yeah. With a little ghost with the radar in the middle of it. That's it. Yes, that's the one. So with that, now you can get false positives with any of those because they do map in like statues, coat racks. Sometimes you can get like the edge of a, like a building or railing. So you really have to like keep in mind if it's mapping something in to kind of look at what you're mapping in and kind of keep that in mind or else you can get a false positive. But we were waiting for our tour to start. So Shelby and I were like walking around the grounds and looking, looking at that. It was pretty spooky out there at dark time, right? So we're out there wandering around and we both had our camera going. And mine mapped something in and hers didn't. And then hers started to map something in, but it was right in the same spot. So it was on, this house has a wraparound porch and there was nothing, like no pillar there. There was nothing there. And there's this figure there and it was just moving and it was very strange because it was vibrating 
like it was shaking and it would just kind of shake over a little to the right, shake over a little to the left. And it kept doing that back and forth. So we spoke to it and we asked if it could move. Could it move off that spot to see if it could respond? And we asked if it would come forward and it started to move forward. And so it moved forward like it was just going on the steps because there's these like three steps coming down. So it came down. We asked, could you come a little further? Comes down another little step. And then it just started to go side to side again. And when we asked it to come further more, it didn't. So it wasn't touching the grass. There was no communication. There was no, didn't pick up. The only thing I could feel was male energy, um, but no communication. So I don't know if it was a residual energy or exactly what it was. It was really interesting to map that in. But what was happening, here goes my male side is going right now as we're talking about it. But as we were walking around the property, the two of us were getting sensations like crawling coming up our back. So and it wasn't like a, it didn't feel like a dark presence actually at all. Um, there were a couple spots in the house, particularly in the basement, that I felt a little bit of uneasiness. But for the most part, I actually just could feel a lot of emotion in that property. A lot of emotion. The last time I had been there was when I was 12 years old. And I was there for some event. I can't even remember what it was. It was probably Girl Guides. And I remember it was a Christmas tour. And I particularly remember the room that we were in. And I was so creeped out in this room. And it was a beautiful room. Like beautiful chandeliers. And it, it at the time it was full of Christmas trees. But I was so uh, uncomfortable. In that room and felt like I couldn't breathe when we got back to that room when we went inside when we went back in I had that exact same feeling like it was just um I wasn't I I wasn't uncomfortable though like I wasn't scared or anything like that it just was stuffy and it was heavy mm-hmm. and that's the room where a lot of their where they would you know display the bodies in that room so where they would have their right their funerals and that sort of thing okay i'm like what do you mean display the bodies okay (laughs) well it was very common very common right in the victorian era where they would have the bodies right in the in the morning room um in like the big sitting areas because lots of family and people would come so they didn't have funeral homes like a separate place where they would go or they would have the bodies up on a bed like in their bedroom or something like that and people would come and visit and so they showed how they would have a priest come and they had like the last rites box and then they would come and like the priest would come and he would bring a a bench to kneel and put it at the edge of the casket and the casket was a basket it was just a big long basket but um so in other words we couldn't take our equipment in and use it inside. The only thing we could use was the EVP recorders and we could use non-flash photography, but we couldn't take video or anything else like that, which was kind of too bad, but we wanted to honor, you know, honor the rules. So we stuck to them. Um, We do have EVP that we took, but we haven't sat down to go through the footage to see if we got anything. But let me tell you, and I'll share with you a couple of the stories that they told us, because I was Shelby and I were blown away. I learned a lot last night about Victoria, the Victorian era and um, what they do, um, some of their customs around ghost stories and things like that. So the, the first thing I'll tell you is this actual home. Um, it was, and you guys can look it up on, um, on the internet. If you look up Eldon House, London, Ontario, they'll tell you the stories. But there was a, a family, the Harris family. And they had, I believe, 10 living children at this time. And it was, they had a a ball in their house. So it was a fairly big home. And they had this one room, it was just gorgeous, with these beautiful wood floors and wood ceilings and chandeliers. And they would dance and have gatherings and what have you. Well, Sarah Harris, one of the daughters, she was being courted by a soldier. And so she had said to the soldier, you know, we're having this dance, invited him, and and he had said that he would dance with her, like that they would get together. So she was 
in charge of making sure that the refreshments were ready and everything was ready for the party and all the guests arrived. Everybody was arriving at like eight thirty, nine o'clock. Well, it was 10 o'clock and he still wasn't there. He hadn't shown. And she had, I guess, given him a rose and out of the garden, given him this rose that he pinned in the inside of his coat. So, you know, so that he would be hers when he got to the dance. So anyway, 10.15 comes and in he comes. He comes walking in the door, but he looked very pale. He was... um not speaking he didn't really look at anybody and i guess he made some eye contact with her but it was like looking right through her and he passed through the the first room or the hall whatever they call it down the hallway through the morning room the dining room and then out the french doors at the back and so she thought that was kind of weird she looked at other people that saw him and was like what's with him like he's so strange what's going on and so she's kind of laughed it off and she went after him, followed after him. He was gone. Like I, people were wandering around and some people had seen him, but he was gone. And uh, she didn't know what happened to him. Well, the next morning her father came to her and asked if she had seen him. And she said no, she, that she had seen him at the party, but had not seen him afterwards. The father said his body was found in the Thames River, which is the river right behind where this house is that goes through our city, that his body was found. And as they collected the body, he had a pocket watch that stopped at exactly 10.15 and he was still wearing the rose. So he had passed away. It was a, quite a big storm, I guess, and the Thames River can really rise throughout this storm. So he had somehow fallen or got fallen into the river and his spirit walked right through. He was on his way there and his spirit walked right through and disappeared. And so, and this was a documented story that she had journaled. So they showed us the articles and all of the, you know, so there were some other stories as well, um, like stories that happened recently. That just there. makes me so sad. That it is, is like sad. such a classic, like heartbreak love story. Like they just confessed their love and then yes. he dies in the rising river yes oh my yes. gosh and she went on to marry someone it else and but yeah him. and yeah. then his ghost still made it because he didn't want to break his date like oh my yeah. gosh yeah so he still made it but the the like everybody saw the full apparition and they, there was so much wow. documentation of that event and so the very last family member that lived there was a kept a big journal kept a lot of you know and would document a lot of the paranormal type things that would happen in the house the noises and would document that these slippers would always show up on stairs all over the place and there was a workman uh 10 years ago or so that talked about um how he had to go down and fix the furnace or in the boiler room and brought somebody with him and there were some weird happenings that happened in that night, but particularly the one that happened was he was getting ready to leave and he came back in to set the alarm. And when he turned back around, he looked down and there's these shoes sitting on the stairs. The partner with, oh, that no, was Michelle. with him saw slippers, on not shoes. Like they saw two different things, but it was just this appearance of these shoes that came out of nowhere, which was very strange. Oh, I think we froze a little bit. Did we freeze? What's going on? Oh, there. Did you there hear me? Go, Did you hear me? Okay. No. Oh, okay. I'll just repeat that no. just in case it didn't record. The whole, um, the whole story. Start over. Okay. So there was a, a man that um, this was in, I think, 2007 or something. And he was going in to do a repair on the house, on the boiler system. And so okay. it was after closing, because it's actually a museum now, right? Like they treat it like a museum. And um, he went with a, another guy, came to help him, and they went down to the basement, worked on whatever they had to fix. And the basement is creepy, let me tell you. It is creepy. <laughs> they took us down there. 
it's definitely creepy. So he went down there and was doing his repairs. Well, when it was time to leave, he had to lock everything up and shut the door. The buddy that was with him was so fascinated with the house that he spent his time wandering around through the house and just like checking it out. And the one guy said, don't touch anything. They're old artifacts. Don't touch anything. Don't move anything, but go ahead and look. And he had this new digital camera. So he's like snapping pictures all over the place. Well, when it came time to leave, they had, I, and I can't remember quite how this moment happened, but it was like they walked out to set the alarm and looked back, and they had just stepped out and looked back, and there's a pair of shoes sitting, like, right there. It, it, like, nobody else is here, you know, and there's this pair of shoes. But what was really weird was that one guy saw a pair of shoes, the other guy saw a pair of slippers. Like, they were looking at the same thing and mm-hmm. saw something completely different. Yeah, right? wow, but, that is but something appeared. And so I guess when they had brought it up to those that were in the museum, there was documentation over this last woman's life of seeing these slippers throughout the house all over the place. I don't know whose they were or what exactly was going on, but yeah, yeah there was um, seances that happened there. And so they shared some of that stuff. But here's Here's what I really like, and maybe some of you that might know a little bit of Victorian history might already know this, but I didn't know this, so I'm going to share this. So in the Victorian era, uh, ghost stories were something that were shared at Christmas because at that time there wasn't like a, yes, they weren't celebrating Halloween, but Christmas time, the whole family would gather around the fireplace. Because there was no Christmas. No, they celebrated Christmas. There's no Halloween, right? Right. So ghost stories were like, uh, like something that was like they would share their experiences. They would share tales, all of these things. So around the the family fireplace. Well, something else that they did, and now this family in this particular home was very well to do. They had quite a bit of money, so they traveled a lot. And they had different members of the family that were in the service overseas and everything. So apparently families that had a considerable amount of money that could afford to do this would have mummified bodies shipped from Egypt to their home so they could have an unwrapping party. What? Yes. And so an unwrapping party. <laughs> Somebody even buying a mummy overseas. This is just okay. Okay. Who knows? Obviously, there's a a barter system or something going on with mummies. I don't know. I don't know. Red wrapping is a huge business over there. Yeah, and and I think there. What I felt from it is that there's something a little bit like, um, they would have had to do something underhanded. I I don't know if underhanded is the right word, but it didn't seem like a legit business. Yeah. Yeah. Like, so they would bring these mummified bodies and lay them out. And this was a family thing. They get very excited for it because they all take turns unwrapping. And as they would unwrap, you think about this, like the unwrapping and what was coming in my mind is, you know, at birthday parties, when you play the game of everybody takes a layer off the present, you play the music, when the music stops, you take a layer off and get the prize. Well, that that's what I felt when I was thinking about it was I was like, everybody's going around taking a layer because they would have like little trinkets and amulets and jewels and things because of the customs of the Egyptians. It's like. I've seen the mummies at the museums. I don't want them on my dinner table. No. And I don't want to touch their wrappings. No. Like, no. And what we understand about energy and everything is just like, I don't really know if I want to do that. Like, that's not really where I want to go with things. So anyway, um, what took it one step further was that they would incorporate these mummified remains often was powder and whatnot they would incorporate it into their food and they would eat us yes. they clearly have never heard of the black plague or any other things that like killed yeah, these that was, i was like at that moment i was like well that's it for me right there like no thank you no thank you that is not for me so um yeah. Oh my so, God, that's, I mean, I wouldn't even get near it, let alone uh, yeah. eat it. Yeah. Yeah. 
no, that was, it was really strange. So, um, but there was a lot of, um, they shared a lot of Victorian. Um, oh, there was one more that I'll share with you. There was quite a few different things they, they taught to us. It was a very informative paranormal walk. It was very interesting. But the, the other one was if you had a family member that um, passed away suddenly. So, you know, whether it was accident or what have you, and they didn't have an opportunity to give their last rites because it was very important they had their last rites so that any sin that was in the body could be cleansed before, you know, this is all part of their belief system. So if you had a family member, a loved one that did not receive their last rites, then it was then done on the body. But they had a belief that if you took a slice of bread, like the bread of Christ, you know, like the the bread, the body, they would take the piece of bread and they would put it on the chest of the deceased. And so okay. the belief was that as they put the bread on the chest of the deceased, that it would soak up all the sins in the body. And okay. then they would take that bread. And they would take it to um, what they, they would call them beggars. So somebody that lived on the street and they would pay them to eat the bread so that they were eating the sins. That way they felt they were guaranteeing that their loved one would then rise and go to heaven. Oh and the one God, on the street, yes. I thought you were going to say they were going to bury it and it would transmute the sins, not give the sins to someone no, they didn't care No, for. no, no. Isn't that like it, and just to say too, what, going back to the mummies, um, that's what they would also do. Like, let's say there were families that could not afford to bring a mummified body over. So they would um, take a body that had passed away on the streets that was available and mummify it and wrap it up. And then families that didn't have the same stature or money could also participate in this tradition. And, and I guess this tradition started by a man who was, um, for medical reasons, was studying the body. And then it just kind of caught on as an interest for many people in that era. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> How was that? Very interesting. God. Yeah, so we learned a lot. That yeah. It is so interesting and bizarre. Yes. Wow. Yes. Yeah. At the end of the day, um, Shelby and I had a really great time. Um, as far as evidence, um, I really don't know how much we caught. We haven't even reviewed the pictures that we took other than the SLS. But um we did feel a lot. So I didn't have any spirits come up and speak to me. There was nothing like that that took place, but the sensations. So the presence, the consistent presence in every room that we went into, some were stronger than others, but I could feel them walk up behind. I could feel them, you know, to either side. So I would get little bits of information and then when there would be certain names that were said, you know, it was funny because they speak the name of, they say John and then my male side would come right up and yeah. So, and it was interesting for Shelby because she's been really feeling a lot more like starting to really connect to what she's sensing. And so for mm -hmm. her, it was a really interesting experience because she was sensing things and then she was picking up on what it meant for her. So it was good. It was good. It was a good time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> wow yeah. that is incredible that is a really good story michelle that yeah. is what's funny i watched um haunted mansion last night like oh, the disney yeah, haunted yeah. Mansion. Like, my kids are watching that like, yesterday one, yeah yeah one scary movie of the halloween season and um, yeah. you you went to the real haunted mansion yes 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 we did ah. yeah yeah yeah, it was that fun. is wild. Yeah, I would love, like, I would absolutely love to explore that place with a free, you know, not that I don't need to touch anything. I just would love to have the opportunity in quiet to explore the location. I do have that. That was always my passion. Anybody that knows me from right from a child. I wonder if you can pull the old, I'm a YouTuber card. <laughs> 
what we did think about that. We thought, how could we, would they let us? I don't know. It's a heritage home. It's hard to say what they would allow just a every day <laughs> no matter youtube or not i'm not a big youtuber so i don't know if they would really you know even let a big youtuber in it's hard to say but you never know i'll yeah. put that there on my bucket list that i'll be able to experience that at some time okay yeah. i can't guarantee i'll be with you but um <laughs> you can tell us about it all right <laughs> oh, i am just um, so I have a ghost story for you too. And it just okay. like, I'm just kind of baffled at the fact that you put energy out and energy, ener whatever you seek, it comes. Sure does. So, yeah. So last weekend, my husband was out of town and, um, the boys wanted to have a sleepover with one of our neighbors who's a year older than my oldest. And he has an older brother. So he's, you know, very experienced with all, all things sleepovers and, my kids yeah. are not. And so he was like, um, so he's like, let's go play ghost in the graveyard. So they were like downstairs, just hanging out, watching, you know, TV and getting on their iPads. And I was like, my husband's out of town. My kids are occupied. I'm going to go have like my own little night. So I was just in my bedroom watching a good little movie and having my, you know, a special night, special alone time night. Yeah. Not thinking about them at all. And then, you know, they're like, we're going to go outside and play ghost in the graveyard. And I was like, oh, well, don't do it in the street. Like it's dark. Go in the backyard where it's safe. You've got a fence. Don't leave the fence. That was my parenting. And um, I could hear, I could hear them, you know, like they were just screaming in the backyard. I'm like, yeah. oh my God, I love it. You know, yeah. like I can remember as a kid doing that too and getting so yeah. scared. And it's, yeah. it's like, a, like a rite of passage as a kid. Yeah. And yeah. I don't really think anything of it. Anyways. I'm watching the movie and you know how like I'll close my eyes sometimes and then like I'll see things. Yeah. And so, you know, like I kept, I would close my eyes and I would see this little boy and I kept seeing this little boy. And I like said to myself, why in the world do I keep seeing this little boy? And, um, he was like a little spirit boy. And he, um, every time I saw him, he was super happy. He was like very energetic, like he would be darting off or turning around or like he just was wild, just like my kids, like his energy yeah. matched their energy. Like he yeah. was yeah. really excited. So I was like, why in the world am I seeing this little boy? And then it dawned on me, oh my God, they're playing ghosts in the graveyard, looking for ghosts. Then they got their little iPad out and because that spooked them, you know, being outside spooked them and just screaming everywhere. So they came inside. It was just too much. I and mean, they were only out there for like five minutes before they were like, oh, this is too much. So then they come back inside and they're like, with their little iPads, like, oh, we're going to find it. We're going to find it. Because they said they saw a pink line um, in the, that came out of nowhere in the backyard. With their and eyes? So they were, with their eyes they saw it? Or they saw it on their... Eyes. Oh, yes, wow. Yes. Yeah. And so they got out their video camera because they were going to find this and document it. Yeah. And um, and so, I, you know, I'm like, why, why am I seeing this little boy? Oh, my gosh. They're looking for ghosts and they found one and he wants to play. Like, you know what I mean? And I just, I like couldn't believe it. I was like, oh my gosh. And it just took me back to my childhood. Like all the times I did that and we got spooked. There was probably something there. Absolutely. We just couldn't see it. Yeah. So I just like, oh my gosh. So if you go seeking, you will find. So be careful what you seek for is like my warning. And it's true. Like, luckily this was just a little boy that 100% matched their energy and was super cute. And I told the little, I told them, cause then we had to go to bed and they were still spooked about the pink line. And I said, let me tell you, there's nothing pink. <laughs> that yeah. is scary. I yeah. said, maybe you saw an angel. Maybe yeah. you saw something friendly. Like I wouldn't yeah. worry about a pink line. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. Isn't um, that interesting? Because, you know, and that, that is so true because um, and that's something that Eric taught me. One of the first things he taught me because I was a little freaked out because I knew uh, I, with all the paranormal interest I had, things I watched, I knew that that was real. I knew that, you know, those things happen, those energies are there. But he always said to me, your protection is your belief system, your heart, your vibration, because you'll match. And so the boys were having fun. They were enjoying themselves, but their awareness was 
looking for spirits. Their awareness was looking for ghosts. And so that energy took the invitation and played with them, but it matched that innocence. It matched that energy. And you saw the pure energy. Like what a cool experience though, for you to like, to, to see that, to have that mm-hmm. experience. It, it reminds me of um there was a video I was watching um of some some young people that um they do uh they have a paranormal channel and they're very skeptical but I've I've kind of my daughter used to follow them so I picked up on it and watched them for a little bit and I thought it was so fascinating because they were really skeptical and looking for real evidence. You know, and they've mm-hmm. been doing this for quite a few years. And so they went to the conjuring house right so i don't know if you're familiar with that but it's a a horror movie anyway i don't watch horror movies i used to i don't anymore because i really don't have interest in it but i like to watch some of the paranormal stuff but what's so interesting is that the people that give tours in that house and they explained it so well is they said that you know you will get the match of what you are looking for so if you're seeking dark energy if you're looking to you know poke at something you will get that you will find that energy because that house is very energetically for multiple reasons but there's also other spirits there as well that are um higher vibrational energies and so there's plenty of people that go there and connect with those spirits and never even touch anything dark so it just it's so interesting to see all of that play out and and I, I love observing it and learning and watching how other people are experiencing things because it always helps affirm what I'm experiencing, helps make sense of a lot of things that I experience, mm-hmm. which I think is the most important thing about sharing. Why why we have all of this and why we do this yeah. is to yeah. share information. And it's not to say this is the the only way, this is how it is, but it's to say this is my experience. This is what I have learned. Yeah. This is what I believe for me. So now you take this and apply it and figure it out for yourself. You work through it for yourself. I mean, I just think it's so amazing. But um, that I think is, what's so cool is yeah. Oh, as we say, what I think is so cool is that like with the matching of the energy, I feel yeah. like there will be something I don't know about, and then we'll talk about it. And then all of a sudden, I'll have an experience of that kind. Like it just like yeah. knowing about it and yes. just 100% like invites it in. Yes. That's a go on the dark side there. I think you can, you know, put up your boundaries. But well, um, what I, but I was yeah. just going to say before I forget, because this is what I was going to say. Um, there was this one on this video, um, these uh, person that I, I don't know how they're connected, but they figured out these two people male and female that if they touched each other so if they hold hands they can call upon spirits they never know who's going to come you know but they do it for people and they hold hands and there's some energetic pathway that's created that everybody in the room can hear the spirits come in the room they hear footsteps they hear and the spirits confirm themselves with knocks so the girl says um, are you here? Knock one for yes. Knock. And then they go to the next step. So they ask questions, ask questions. And so what she does is she goes through the alphabet. She goes A, B, C, D, and then the spirit knocks on the letter. So they string the letters together and deliver beautiful messages. Like they have, you know, family members stepping in and just amazing evidence. And this all happened by the fluke of these two people just connecting hands and figuring this all out so it's just another example like this doing this work it is so important to not put yourself in any kind of a box do not do not say i can't do that because or well so and so doesn't do it that way don't do that just experiment with the energy because it it truly is your intentions and your vibration your heart that will protect you but look what happens when you join energy and I want to try that. I'm like, I wonder if I could connect yeah. energy with my daughter, if we could do that yeah. and play with I that. About, you know? I thought about my husband because you said yeah. man and woman. So I thought about yeah. like, whoa, what if like we connected and wonder if he could get the experiences that I experienced. Yes. 
So I think (laughs) that is a really, and I mean, this is the beauty about all of this is we're consistently learning. So when an idea like that, when you see something like that, it's like, let's experiment with that. Let's see what happens with that. So that's something that you, you guys should experiment with. Maybe I'll experiment with this here and see what happens. See if we can document something really interesting. Especially because it's Halloween. Oh my and gosh, you know yes. what that means. Yeah. yeah. So that means yeah. that the veil between the worlds yeah. is the thinnest. And it's true. It, and it is. It is. And why is that? Do you, do you know why? Like, why is it thinner around this time of year? Do you feel anything about that? Well, I know what I read, but I don't know if that explains why. Do you know why? I I have an answer, what I feel, but tell tell me what you read. (laughs) Tell me what you read, then I'll tell you what I know. (laughs) (laughs) I know. I'm like, I don't know. Do I know? Um, Okay. So, well, I read about Halloween and I read that it is, um, it comes from the Celtic festival called Sewing. Hmm. Definitely spelled Somhan, but it is pronounced Sewin. And, um, and it marked the end of the summer and the beginning of the new year. And they felt that all the ghosts on the night before the new year would come out. And so they would dress up to kind of like ward off the spirits because they felt that the night before the new year, that was when the boundary between the living and the dead was the thinnest. And so are they right? I don't know. Do you, is there some like scientific reason that, you know, Michelle or. Well, the only thing that uh, I feel, which makes sense to me, and, and this is my belief is because I do see and feel everything through energy. Like that's just mm-hmm. how everything works for me. It's energetic. And so if I am, if I'm thinking about, um, the veil being thinner. Okay. So the, the veil, what's the veil? And it's, it's really the contrast between vibrational fields, right? It's the contrast okay. between our, our physical body, which has density, um, the only difference really between us and the spirit world is this physical shell, right? Yeah. But why, but why is it thinner around this time of year? Well, because for one, let's go back to how many years ago, like how long the tradition of warding off spirits or the focus of the afterlife, the focus of the soul, the communication of the soul, how long that has been. Think about all of the belief and the collective energy, how that strengthens. And so we know that everything that we experience, that the core is our belief system, right? So if we've got collectives of generations in the belief system of spirits, communication, that plays a big part into why we collectively experience a thinning of the veil. Now, on top of that, we also, um, we are experiencing a vibrational shift as a collective. So there is more strength in our ability to communicate through this period of time. But there's also other times as well. I mean, there's a lot of different times where we can. So um, I have an experience with Halloween being the thinnest part. Yes. And I, I don't know, like maybe there is just some kind of like dimensional shift that happens because that was before I even knew that Halloween was the thin, like that that's what people thought. I didn't right, really know, right, you know? Right. Um, but so I might, the only time I've ever seen an apparition in full color, I've seen like the ghostly app- apparitions that are like the wisps and they even look like their faces and things. And like, I've seen like a, like a body go through like a wall, but it was again, very ghostly looking. Yeah. But the one time I saw like an actual, like solid apparition, full color, like, like, you know, I felt like it was a real person, um, was on Halloween night. So I don't know, like maybe there is something to this. Yeah. 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 So do you want to hear the story? Yes, I do. Yeah. I'm like, <laughs> waiting for the rest of it what's what'd you see what'd you see 
What happened? Bye, everyone. Okay. So, um, okay. So it was Halloween night. We always yeah. do a chili cook-off in our neighborhood. So my husband was out with all the neighbors doing the chili cook-off. I came in with the kids, got them ready for bed and like school the next day and all that. And then um, I was like laying in bed waiting for him to come home. And I had the lights on because I thought he was going to like come home any minute. I think he'd be hanging out all night at the chili cook-off. And um, he, uh, I fell asleep waiting for him. And I had a dream that there were these people. This was like right when I had my awakening too. I like my first class was like, I took maybe middle of September. And so this was like a month and a half after I had ever realized I could do all of this. Mm-hmm. So it was during my, my, um, my awakening. And um, I had this dream that I had all these people praying over me, bent over praying over me. And like they lined, they were like in a circle around me and they were of every religion. Like I had a medicine man and a monk mm-hmm. and a priest and a um, just like everyone. Like, And so I remember looking off to my left and I remember seeing like the monk and the medicine man. And then I, I was just like, oh my God, like it's just too much energy. And I like pushed away and like op- and opened my eyes to try to like get away from it. But when I opened my eyes to get away from it, um, I like looked over and there was a, um, I don't know, like a bishop or a cardinal or something. He had the tall hat yeah. and it was all purple with like gold embroidery and even the hat was purple with gold embroidery hmm. and he was bent over. And I don't know if you've ever seen those hats, but they look like a beak. Like I'll try to, I'll try to find you a picture really quickly, yeah. but the top of like a priest's or Pope's hat, whatever yeah. that is, it kind of comes to a point on both sides. So mm-hmm. it really looks like a beak. Yeah. And he was bent over. So it looked like the beak was coming at me to eat me. And so I saw it and I go, and I hid under my covers. <laughs> and I was under my covers and I was like, I can't believe I just said eek. Like I've never said eek in my life. <laughs> like I feel like you see that. Like when like somebody gets skinny, like read it. And yeah. like, you know, my kids yeah. were young. So read tons of children's books and like the character would get scared and say eek and I'm like yeah. whoever says eek and then here I am and I'm like eek. and then I hid under my covers I was like oh my god I haven't hid under my covers since I was a little girl and then when all of us under my covers I was like okay can you think about what just happened there were people praying over me like it didn't feel scary like, what could that have been they all yeah. seemed like they were religious so then I like googled purple religious wear or something like that. Yeah. And I yeah. got like a whole bunch of stuff. And then I finally got my, um, my man and he was a, um, he was a, it's on my Instagram, you, you know, whoever this, whoever these guys are, um, Cardinals, oh, whatever, yeah. but his hat was, mm-hmm. his hat was purple as well, but he had that exact mm-hmm. little cape thing on. Yeah, And then he was bent over. So that beak was like coming at me. And um, yeah, so that you. was on Halloween. So that was my very first 100%. I feel like yeah. and that's why I mentioned that it was when I first had my awakening, yeah. because I feel like they were all there yeah. of every religion yeah. yes. to bless me on my journey and yeah. um, protect me. That's amazing. So I definitely, def- yeah, is I feel very good about the experience now. But at the time, I was like, oh, my God, there's a purple monster. You know, so. the very the very first thing that I saw, like, that I I physically saw was um, not in meditation. I mean, with my physical eyes was I was in a hotel room and I was in the bathtub in a jacuzzi tub and the lights were turned down. I had some candles going. I was just by myself, had some nice music going, just relaxing. And I was in a zone but I was a wide awake and I'm looking at the wall in front of me and this big red eye started blinking, like appeared on the wall of the bathroom and started blinking and it was open and closing. And it was like a, it looked like one of those, um, like, you know, the, uh, halogen, like the light bulb signs like that, where they're, like you plug them in they just they like and go on and then they kind of blink that's yeah. what it looked like and i'm kind of looking at it 
Yeah. And I'm like, oh my God, because I knew I was seeing it with my eyes and I hear, and I've told the story before because I laugh when I tell it because it sounds like, um, who's that voice? It was Darth Vader's voice. Um, I don't know. Oh, like Morgan Freeman, like that, that voice. Okay. And I, yeah, and yeah, I, yeah. And I yeah. hear audibly, I hear, are you ready for this? <laughs> this is at the beginning of my journey. Like the very beginning. Oh my god! And I was like, "Yes." <laughs> for what? It's just like this, seeing the surrender because all these things were happening all at the same oh time, god. like surrender and yeah. So anyway, that was my first experience, but that's very cool. That was a good. That was good. That's a good yes. one. The so, bishop. I have to say, I'll wrap this up with what exactly okay. what I told my kids when we yeah. were done with. Um, the haunted mansion movie i was like yeah. okay kids so what did we learn about ghosts in this movie and they my son was like ghosts aren't real and i was like well no what else <laughs> and um, i was like it's that ghosts are nice there's nice ghosts they just have a need and yeah. i feel like we talk about this story you know and it's like it sounds so creepy and so scary but then like you know the little boy just wanted to play with my boys or the the yeah. man just wanted to dance with the lady or yeah. you know and, and I want to prepare for being ready and the priest from my wanted to experience, pray over me. from my experience and uh, I know that there are many different experiences but from my personal experience even the souls that like when Helena and I do crossings and that and we we're doing the tandem healings even some of the heaviest of energies we end up finding up it or finding out is a soul that just truly is lost in some way or needs help, you know, mm -hmm. and, and a lot of times that's what it is. You know, if mm -hmm. you, you dig into it a little bit further, it's, it's our mind that develops other things. And remember mm -hmm. belief, what does belief do? So when your mind is in that place, you can create things that are very real, but they're part of our own creation. But that's a whole other story. We could go wild with that one too, with energy and all of that stuff. But that was, this was really yeah. good. I'm glad we were able to share all of this stuff right at Halloween that's time. So it's really fun. cool. Yes. Yeah. I hope it gets you guys in the mood for Halloween because it definitely Absolutely. got me in the mood. Absolutely. I'm not going to be Same watching here. your conjuring or anything, but I will, no. you know. No, we'll maybe no. dress up for Halloween. Yes, there you go. There you go. You'll have to let us know if if you did and what you dressed up at. You'll have to tell us. But um, okay. oh now well, another great episode, Meredith. <laughs> I put the pressure on. Put the pressure yeah. on. Yeah. yeah. Well, happy yeah. Halloween, yeah. everybody. Yeah. Have a wonderful week. Enjoy Thank your you. Halloween. Stay safe. Stay safe. Yeah. Stay safe. Yeah. Yeah. Stay safe. Enjoy yeah. some candy and have yes. fun. Yes, absolutely. All right. See you next week, everybody. Bye, Bye. Mary. Bye.